There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. I would like to thank you for tuning into this Friday broadcast. We have begun this week dealing with vexation or to be vexed, what it means to be vexed. We see the children of Israel down in Egypt land and then being vexed under the bondage of Egypt. We've seen Lot who vexed his righteous soul by the conversation of the wicked. It was a vexation to Lot to be in that place. We saw Samson vexed by a wicked woman who was trying to destroy him. But then yesterday we looked at the vexing of the bones of Jesus Christ. I used the terminology on this wise, the flesh of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ. His bones were sore vexed inwardly in the most painful part. He was vexed in his flesh. And then we see today, as we look at the word of God again in Psalm chapter 6, I want to look at the soul of Jesus Christ. For here in Psalm 6, the Bible says to the chief musician on Neganoth, upon Shimoneth, a Psalm of David. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chase me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? And so he ends this sentence with a question. How long? How long will I be in this state? How long will I be in this condition? With the Lord's help, I'd like to look at the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the scripture. And if we will look at the vexing of his soul as prophesied by David, that great prophet of the word of God. In Mark chapter one and verse 23, and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when they were all amazed, insomuch they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. So we see the word of God again as we talked, closing out our podcast yesterday. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He healed us of all our diseases. Can I say to you, he has the ability to cast out unclean spirits. Why? He is God in flesh. That is Jesus Christ. He is God on earth. He is God dwelt among us. And so we see in the book of Job, we get to look at the soul of Jesus Christ. And we'll begin in Job chapter 16. Here we see Job begins to prophesy again concerning Jesus Christ. 
And he says, he teareth me in his wrath, who hateth me. He gnasheth upon me with his teeth. Mine enemy sharpeneth his eyes upon me. They have gaped upon me with their mouth. They have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully. They have gathered themselves together against me. God hath delivered me to the ungodly. That's when he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. He said, and turn me over into the hands of the wicked. So there we see again the vexation of his body. The wicked have crucified him after they've beaten him, after they have put the crown of thorns upon his head, after they have mocked him. He's turned over to the wicked to crucify his body. That is to say, to die on the cross, as he died on the cross for our sins. And so they nail him to the cross. God has turned him over unto the wicked. But then the word of God says this, I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. And so here Job prophesying takes a slight turn. He's no longer speaking of the wicked that he was turned over to, but now he's speaking of the father who has taken him into his own hands. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. That's what we read in Psalm chapter 21. He has set his archers up against the wicked. His archers are set up to shoot at the wicked, to destroy the wicked. Why, he's made his own son to be sin, who knew no sin. And God's about to destroy him because of that sin. And he said, his archers come piss me up round about. He cleaveth my reins asunder and doth not spare. He poureth out my gall upon the ground. He breaketh me with breach upon breach. He runneth upon me like a giant. Again, we're looking at messianic prophecy. We look for key words. One of those key words here is that matter of the archers compassing him round about. And it's the archers of God set up to shoot at him. And by the way, when you see the word to compass about or to compass about, it's not just to encircle as commonly reported, but no, you always see a motive behind those, those compassed about. We always see them scheming, planning, looking to do something else. It's, I use the illustration, walking in the, the deep, dark city in the middle of the night, and you walk down an alley, and men circle around you. You would use the word to compass me round about. They have a purpose. They have a plan. It's not something that's going to be pleasant. This isn't just them walking around me. No. And the archers have compassed him about. We see then the bulls of Bashan in Psalm 22. They've compassed him about. In, in verse 12, we see the dogs have compassed him about. In verse 16, and then we see in Psalm 18, two great statements concerning the soul of Jesus Christ. And many would deny that this is Jesus Christ, yet not seeing it's by faith that we see Christ. For in Psalm 18, in chapter, in verse number five, the word of God said, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. The verse prior to that, in verse four, the word of God says, the sorrows of death compassed me about. I've heard men say, this is David in his darkest hour. This is David prophesying from his darkest place. Well, when did the sorrows of hell ever compass David about? When did the sorrows of death ever compass? When you're in the sorrows of death, it's too late. 
There's not a man living today that's been in the sorrows of death or the sorrows of hell. And I know we use those words flippantly in our English language, and we use hell just so flippantly, and we use terminology. This is not a flippant statement. This isn't David just saying, oh, I'm in such agony, I feel like I'm in hell, or I'm in such agony, I feel like I'm dead. No, he's prophesying of one to come, which is Jesus Christ the righteous. And he's saying of him, the sorrows of death compass me about. The sorrows of hell have compassed me about. Just like the bulls, just like the dogs, just like the archers of God, they've been set up round about to destroy the Son of God. And Job, when he's speaking of Jesus Christ, uses the great statement, and he says, he doth not spare, he poureth out my gall upon the ground. We see that in Isaiah 53, when his soul is made an offering for sin, and then the Bible says that when he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. And then verse 12, he poured out his soul unto death. That is what he's speaking of when he talks about poured out his gall upon the ground. And he's understanding that the soul of Jesus Christ is literally poured out unto death. He laid down his life for his friends. And because he laid down his life for us, we ought to acknowledge him in the Old Testament, see him in the Old Testament, and realize it is Jesus Christ, the righteous, that laid down his life. It was not another. He died for our sins according to the scripture. We see that picture, if you will, in Leviticus chapter 3. Leviticus chapter 3, and I won't beleaguer this point, but it's just the reality of the word of God in verse 4. And the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the flanks and the call above the liver with the kidneys, it shall he take away. And so this is the oblation, the sacrifice of a peace offering. And the word of God says that priest will take the kidneys, the fat, the call above the liver with the kidneys, it shall he take away. And Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is upon the wood that is on the fire. It is an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And so we see that peace offering is put upon the wood. Amen. There's the picture of the cross. It's put upon the fire. There's a picture of his soul being made an offering for sin. It's all those internal parts. It's his internal things. The call above the liver is that sack that holds the gall. It's that picture of his soul being poured out unto death. And then they lay him upon the wood. And they lay him upon the fire. The Bible said it's a sweet savor unto the Lord. That's why it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It's why the death of his son was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. He had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. We see then later on in the book of Leviticus in those sacrifices, we see in chapter 4 and verse 8, and he shall take off from it all the fat of the bullock for the sin offering, the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, with the kidneys, it shall he take away. As it was taken off from the bullock of the sacrifice of peace offerings, and the priest shall burn them upon the altar of the burnt offering. And so again, he tells us here, not only in the peace offering, but also in the sin offering, the Lord is going to burn the inward parts upon the altar of the burnt offering, 
Why? It's a picture of the soul as the offering for sin. That is Jesus Christ's soul being offered for us. It's Jesus Christ's soul being damned for us. It's Jesus Christ's Christ's soul paying the debt for our sin with the damnation of hell. Yet that's rejected. That's denied today. That's even mocked today. It's called heresy today to preach what the Word of God said. But we see in Psalm 16 concerning, again, Jesus Christ. This cannot be David. For Peter himself explains this, our father patriarch David is dead and is buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. But he quotes this scripture in Psalm 16 and verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. There's the body of Jesus Christ. His flesh is resting in hope. Why? Because the promise of God of the resurrection. But then in verse 10, he says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And so again, we see the offering of his soul for sin. We see the offering of Jesus Christ on our behalf as he's made to be sin for us. And then we see the inward parts of him are removed to a separate place and offered for sin. Why? His body's in the grave. His body's in the tomb. His body is awaiting a resurrection. But he says, I will not leave my soul in hell. There's the kidneys, the fat above the kidneys, the fat of the inwards, the call above the liver, taken to a separate place, offered with the burnt offering that's offered for sin. It's the peace offering. It's the sin offering. That is the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Through that offering, we can have that peace and knowledge of the Holy One of God. The word of God then in Isaiah 53 says this, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. When did the Lord bruise him? Is there in Job 16 when he took him by the throat, by the neck rather, and he shook him and the whole earth shook and the foundations of the earth shook. There was a great earthquake when God the Father took the Son and shook him on Calvary, bruised him upon Calvary. That's that perfume in the tabernacle, that picture. That type of Jesus Christ of the heavenlies, it's beaten small wives, bruised for our iniquities. So we see that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. But thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Why, he made him to be sin for us that he can make his soul an offering for sin. For he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. We're talking about the vexation of the soul of Jesus Christ. We're talking about that great vexation as his soul is made an offering for sin. And David foretold this in Psalm chapter 6. But then he said this of the soul of Jesus Christ. How long, Lord? How long will my soul be in this torment? How long will my soul be this offering? Well, he told the thief on the cross, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. He shall see of the travail of his soul. That's Isaiah 53 and 11. What is that travailing? It's that woman going into birth, going to the jaws of death is what the old timers would say. We see women in the Bible died in travail. It's that point of birth where they've given everything and the agony and the suffering before that child is born. The Bible says that's a travail of his soul. Why? His soul is sore vexed and he's travailing. He's under that agony and that burden in his soul, not just in his body, but in his soul. That's why in the garden he sweat as it were great drops of blood. I don't believe it was 
the fear of what we'd done to his body. I believe it was the travail of his soul that he was going to be made sin for us who knew no sin. He said, in his, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Again, he's bearing iniquities in his body, but his soul is made an offering for those iniquities. He bears them in his flesh, but his soul is the offering for the redemption of man, for the forgiveness of sins, that men might have their sins washed away in Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus Christ. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. It's not just that his soul was in travail. It's not just that his soul was vexed. It's not just that his soul was made an offering for sin, but it's that he poured out his soul unto death. It's more than he just gave his back to the smiters, though he did. It's more than he gave his head to be plucked, the hair off his face. It's so much more than the agony of the suffering of the flesh. It's the agony of his soul as it's made sin for us and knew no sin. And God pours out his judgment upon his son. And God pours out his wrath upon his son, the Holy One of God, the person of Jesus Christ, God in flesh. The word of God then says this, because he hath poured his soul out into death and he was numbered with the transgressors. Who are the transgressors? Might I say it's me, it's you. He was numbered with us, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Might I say in closing this podcast for the week, blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless his holy name. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Word of God said in Psalm 126, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Oh, I want to thank God for turning captivity. I want to thank God for setting men free from sin, making men free from sin, the bondage of sin, paying the penalty of sin. And where did he do that? In the vexing of his soul, which was made sin for us. He bare the iniquity of the holy thing in his body. Bless his holy name. Thank you for tuning in this week. Would you tune in next week to our podcast? Would you pray for us? Would you tell others about the podcast as we endeavor to do the will of God? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manassa Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth nigh.
Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. 